I think you're listening to this podcast because you want to improve. You want to become a better developer, manager, or leader. This podcast is a great start, but now I have something to take you to the next level. That's the official Small Batches Way study guide. The study guide charts a path to software delivery excellency from all the best books, ideas, and practices. The path is four parts. Understanding of TDD, understanding of software architecture, understanding of production operations, and understanding continuous delivery. Get it for free at thesmallbatchesway.com. Hello and welcome to Small Batches with me, Adam Hawkins. In each episode, I share a small batch of the theory and practices behind software delivery excellency. Topics include DevOps, Lean, continuous delivery, and conversations with industry leaders. Now, let's begin today's episode. Dave Farley writes about working iteratively and incrementally in his book, Modern Software Engineering. This is simple to say, but difficult to comprehend until you see it at work. My practice coaching engineers through new problems has solidified my thinking around this concept. Now I can share a practical example of working iteratively and incrementally. This way of working naturally keeps batches small and engineers moving. I'll step through it in this episode. Our high-level objective was adding new telemetry into an existing service. This required three changes. The first two involved recording that an operation started and completed. The third required producing telemetry from the records of the started and completed operations. I'll break this down now into iterations and increments. The mental model here is more hello world over Big Bang. All changes must be deployable to production, and it will take multiple releases to deliver a working system. Here's an outline. Increment 1 is shipping a walking skeleton. The walking skeleton only needs to support future iterations. The walking skeleton involved creating the code pass without the implementation. Increment 1 contained two iterations. The first is making the record-keeping work, and the second is making the telemetry work. Increment 1 begins with hello world thinking. The first unknown for the engineers is the interface between our code and the data store. We knew that there would be two calls, one to record the operation started and another to record it completed. We used TDD to answer our question. We updated the tests for the two code paths to include an expectation against a mock data store. This was enough to learn what information we needed to pass along. We also knew the code didn't have to do anything, just that we needed the calls in there. So we left the data store implementation as a no-op. That no-op is the key. It is okay to deploy no-op changes to production to test your assumptions. If a no-op was not used, then that would have expanded the batch size beyond our bounds of understanding. Remember, small batches. That no-op iteration was deployed to production. Boom. Now we knew the code path was working. That finished the record-keeping end of the walking skeleton. The next iteration is the reporting end. The uncertainty for the engineers was how to add a job to emit the telemetry. Now put on the Hello World hat again. What's a Hello World version of this? How about creating a job that emits a constant value of the telemetry? Correct behavior is not essential to this learning. We created a stub method on the data store that returned an empty list. 
That was sufficient enough to create a cron job that queried the data store and then emitted a constant value of telemetry. That commit was deployed to production. The engineers learned to find the new telemetry and chart it. It was a straight line, as expected. Increment zero complete. That provided a working walking skeleton in production. The next increment was changing that constant line chart to something based on real data. The next iteration only required changing two files, the data store tests and the data store class itself. Fire up an editor to get the red-green refactor TDD loop going. This iteration completed when functions for recording start and completions and retrieving history worked as expected. Oh, so test pass, great. Commit that change, deploy to production, and observe. Iteration complete. Now the code path is properly recording starts and completions. Finishing the telemetry was the next iteration. This iteration only required changing two files, the job test and the job function. Tests were added for how telemetry was emitted when there was something more than zero records. Test pass, great. Commit the change, deploy to production, then observe. The engineers introduced a fault in an external system to test a failure mode. That changed the history, thus the telemetry. The constant line was no longer straight. That proved the record keeping and telemetry worked in concert. Iteration complete, increment complete, fully functional system delivered to production, Goliath online. Sure, there was more to do. The cron job didn't make any use of time-based filters, and the implementation in the data store wasn't optimal. But that didn't matter. What matters is the team had iteratively and incrementally delivered a good enough solution to production. Enhancements and changes will happen in future iterations. I have three takeaways for you. One, adopt hello world thinking. What is the simplest possible version of what I can ship? We did this initially by shipping a constant value of the telemetry. Two, leverage no op changes to step over non-essential decisions. We did this initially by shipping a no op version of the data store so we could progress forward. This second point is only really possible with software architecture guided by boundaries. Our use of the repository pattern enabled us to work like this. We could define an interface for writing and reading data without worrying about how that happened. That allowed us to break consuming and implementing the interface into separate iterations. Three, optimize for learning. Before you start, ask yourself, what do I need to learn? Then identify the shortest path to learning it by ruthlessly removing the non-essentials. Here's a variation on that last one from Dave Farley. The best way to start is to assume that what you know is wrong and what you think is probably wrong, and then figure out how you can find out just how wrong it is. All right, that's all for this batch. Head over to smallbatches.fm slash 91 for links to recommended self-study and ways to support the show. I hope to have you back again for the next episode. So until then, happy shipping.